0: You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.
1: Hey, my name's Sean Tice, and I'm excited to be back with you on the Let's Talk About Fatherlessness show. I'm excited to have Dr. Richard Blackaby with us today. It's uh, great to have you here.
0: Oh, great to be with you, Sean.
1: Would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your ministry?
0: Well, uh, my father is Henry Blackaby. Some people may have uh, done his material uh, called Experiencing God over the years. Uh, but he was a pastor in Canada. Uh, felt He was um, pastoring in Los Angeles and felt like God called him to go to Canada. And so he moved us when we were just kids. Uh, and so I suddenly was uh, felt the shock of leaving the Los Angeles area and moving to Canada out on the prairies. And so that's really where I grew up, right through university. And then um, I, mean, I got married and, and uh, took off in kind of pursuit of what God had for me. And uh, and so now I've been married um, 39 years, I guess, this year. And uh, um, and the Lord has had me be a pastor and then a seminary president. And now I'm a author and speaker and basically travel the world uh, speaking about leadership in the home and the church and uh, in the marketplace.
1: That's wonderful, and I, I follow what you do, and I'm excited about uh, being able to talk to you about this. You know, this show is talking about fatherlessness and I know you and I had a phone conversation a couple of years ago, and we talked a, a little bit about it. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to explore this with you. Um, any initial thoughts you have as we dive into this, just about fatherlessness in general?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think obviously in the world we we see both what God's ideal is, and then what oftentimes sin and just crises in life uh, cause. And so, you know, you always want to start with the ideal and say, what did God, God intend? And he, I think he intended for there to be a mom and a dad, a loving home, a nurturing home and family. And, uh, and that's what, what he intends. Uh, And when you have that, a lot of good things can result. Uh, But like a lot of God's ideals, uh, real life falls a lot Shorter of that, um, for various reasons. A lot of times, it's because of the result of sinful choices people make. Uh, sometimes it's just a crisis. It's um, you know, a father dies of cancer early on, or is killed in a car accident, and suddenly you're 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 fatherless. But um, a lot of different things can rob us of God's ideal. And so, I always want to start with His ideal, and then say, you know, you may never be able to experience the ideal, but by God's grace, can he help you? Can he, can he fill in the gaps and uh, still give you an abundant life anyway? And we see that all the time.
1: Yeah, and you said you work with uh, leaders and stuff like that. What have you seen um, in the issue of fatherlessness with leaders? Do they normally have come from a good home or what's the trend there?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting and I've studied a lot about that. Um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of prominent leaders don't come from homes where they had a a, a good father figure. Uh, Sometimes the father was just absent entirely. Other times it was a very dysfunctional, difficult uh, relationship. And what I've seen is when you see, I mean, it might be the pastor of a megachurch. It might be a rising star in the the marketplace making a name for themselves. Uh, And they can accomplish a lot of great things. But I get around a lot of these people. And, you know, when they're on the stage, when they're on the TV, they look larger than life. And then you, you get next to them just one-on-one and you, it takes me five minutes to be able to discern these people are wounded. These people are, they, they're insecure. They have this deep insecurity because they didn't have a father figure necessarily to speak life into them, to bless them. And it's like, they're trying to prove something all the time. And uh, they, it's like, because they never got their father's blessing they want to grow a church to 10,000 so they can have 10,000 people who love them and and maybe then they'll feel good about themselves and it's it's just never enough and i've i've seen that so often now uh that doesn't mean that, you know everyone who does well is coming from that background but uh but when you're when you're loved when you know who you are when you're accepted when you're affirmed uh that gives you a huge sense of security and um, and confidence to be able to face the world. And so that, that certainly gives rise to some very strong, healthy leaders. But if you see a leader that, uh, is insecure, that feels threatened all the time, that, uh, can't handle people that question them or criticize them. Um, then you begin to wonder, is this not someone that perhaps is coming out of a wounded home life and upbringing that's trying in all the wrong ways to kind of heal that, fill that that gap that they came out of their childhood with. And so there's just a, you know, I don't want to psychoanalyze every person that seems to be struggling as an adult, but I mean, so, so many times, you, you don't have to push very far to find that that's an issue. And it doesn't mean you have to be that way. I mean, I've known people who came out of very painful home lives, but they, by the grace of God, they let God become that father figure in their life or they, You know, they just accepted kind of life as it was and said, but, you know, God, what do you what do you have for me? And and I've seen people that you're not predetermined just to live a wounded life your whole life. But but at some point, you really have to address some things if you're going to come out of that kind of childhood and home life and still be healthy.
1: What would you say to somebody that you said you were sitting with somebody you can see in the first five minutes? And what if they reached out to you and said, how do I deal with this? How do I heal from my past? What would you say?
0: Well, you know, usually if you come from a dysfunctional upbringing, you probably have believed some lies along the way, lies that you weren't worth much. Maybe your dad just took off and you never saw him again. And so, you know, I, I, I've known people that said, I mean, it was just heartbreaking. They, You know, their dad left when they were 13, 12 and, uh, and they never saw their dad again. And so they just kept thinking if I was just a better daughter, you know, if I mm-hmm. then maybe he'd still love me or want to st- still be connected to me. So I'll, I'll become a straight A student. You know, I'll be an overachiever and maybe I'll be good enough for them. And, you know, th- those are all lies that you you believe and then they drive you into all kinds of dysfunctional living. So, you know, one of the first things I would do if someone really wanted help, I would say, so what lies have you been believing? that and mm-hmm. and and god says you know when you know the truth the truth sets you free and so i would say let's start by just clearing up some misunderstandings some lies some falsehood that is driving the agenda of your life but uh but then also to say you know you, you have to embrace the life that you have i think all of us you know me included if if i could have scripted my life my childhood differently i there's certainly some adjustments i would have made to what was handed down to me uh, but when you can accept that and then and then say but but God in your wisdom you you' took you you know you you let me go through this and so what good did you want to bring from that what what did you want to teach how do you want to shape me maybe it's you know to be sensitive to other uh people that may, I maybe I was fatherless and and now you've given me a compassion a heart for other people that are experiencing that and I can uniquely minister to them and and out of my pain comes a lot of good. Uh, and so I would just say, God, you—you you don't necessarily cause every bad thing in our life, but you can certainly take that and bring good out of it. And um, and the last thing I would just say is, you know, I people will always disappoint you, even really good people. You know, I lost my mother a few months ago, mm-hmm. um, and she's a wonderful mother, uh, very very supportive. Boy, I tell you, I didn't have to rack my brain to think of her shortcomings either. <laughs> and she was a wonderful mother, but you know, she said things that were hurtful. She she did some things that were hurtful. Um and and so every every you know person is gonna fall short. The only person who never falls short is God. And and I've just had to learn to trust God for those things that people fall short in providing for me. And he he makes up for every shortcoming. And so whether you had a, you know, maybe a a relatively good parent that just was human and, and fell short sometimes, or maybe you had an absent parent, God can fill the gap regardless of whatever extreme that you need him to. And, and learning just to let him fill it, you know, if you, if you wait, if you spend your whole life saying, if just my dad could change, you know, just my dad could see me a different way, then, you know, then I would have a great life and you can't, you can't sort of have your whole life hinge on a person changing because it just might not happen but but with god god steps in and just makes up all the difference and he is a perfect heavenly father who can father you perfectly and never fail you never fall short never neglect you and so you can have a perfect fatherly figure in your life today in god uh and you don't you know it's nice when people can do what they ought to do but whether they do or not doesn't mean you have to be missing out on anything when you've got God.
1: That's good. And, and you're you're a Bible teacher and you, you're a preacher and and an author. And so thoughts on um as related to the Bible. And what are some of the things that when you I say when I say that, what jumps out at you? What, what what things come to your mind?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I guess two things. One, you know, sometimes there are just and again, we we live in a fallen world and so sometimes The fallen world is that we have cancer i i had my my two boys best friends growing up uh were two boys that were their age in school but their dad had died of leukemia when they were like five and three and so you know they had a wonderful mother their dad was a great dad until he died and they uh and so sometimes fatherlessness is simply because of another you know suffering issue hardship that we experience in life it's not really anyone's choice um you know, it just happens. Uh, but then there are those that are fatherless because of sin, basically, because people, uh, you know, it's it's not hard to conceive a child. It's much more difficult to parent them. And there are some people that are happy to conceive a child, but they don't want to hang around to to, to do the hard work of of raising right. that child and being there for that child. It's kind of like getting married. You know, the wedding can be a lot of fun. But building a marriage is a long-term affair and not everybody's willing to do that, you know. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of uh, people that, you know, they saw what it's, I mean, it, like it's interesting because I work with some very high-level CEOs. Of, I was on uh, two calls uh, today already with um, CEOs of very, very big companies who have dealt with all kinds of leadership issues. And I mean, they, they deal with, some of the biggest companies in the world but it, but you know when you get alongside them and ask them hey like you've led international companies um you know handle billions of dollars and hundreds of thousands of employees what's what's been your biggest leadership challenge um a lot of times uh, i it's almost you can almost take it to the bank they're going to say it was being a, a father being a mother raising my kids it's like, well, you had a million employees in, you know, a hundred different countries around the world, but your biggest challenge was parenting? And they would say, yes. Been the, the great, my greatest failures, my greatest disappointments. And so it's not easy. It's not easy to be a a father uh, uh, to a child. And because of that, a lot of fathers bail out. They It's just, it, it's way more work, more sacrifice, or they just feel inadequate. Or a lot of times they were never, Fathered well, and so they don't have. They were never helped to know how to be a father themselves, and so the the single greatest, most difficult leadership assignment you'll ever have, and they don't have any role models uh, to help them know how to do it. Um, you know, I I have a friend. He grew up and he had a horrible, horrible father, horrible father. Um, and this guy knew knew he had a terrible dad, hated his father, uh, and had wanted to be nothing like him but but I watched him and I mean he really tried I mean he read books he did everything he could but um but but mostly what he knew was what he didn't want to be like you know like I don't want to be abusive I don't want to be angry and lose my temper like but he he'd never seen I mean, so he had seen what he didn't want but he hadn't necessarily seen what he did want and so like he'd never seen a positive example so he kept avoiding all these bad things, but then he just didn't know it. It just didn't come naturally to him. Uh, and it might be something as simple as just, you know, I remember one time, um, just, uh, just kind of being with, with him and some others at a beach and, you know, um, he didn't, he wouldn't want to lose his temper or anything, but, but he would, but he didn't necessarily want to dirty his hands and build sandcastles either (laughs) and it was kind of like well it's not just what you don't do that is parenting it's also what you do do and so it wasn't his fault he just had never seen how to do it right and so oftentimes that ends up leading uh fathers to get very frustrated and and to give up because they they just feel overwhelmed and so not that it's the right thing to do, uh, but there are times when they just bail out because they feel like they're just way in over their head and, and they don't know how to get help or they don't look for help.
1: Yeah. What do you say to that? So if an executive says to you, hey, I I, I wasn't a good dad and I messed up and now my kids are grown, what do you say? Because there's a lot of dads out there that they now they realize and yeah. they're trying to reconcile, they're trying to uh, figure out how to heal from it. Any advice you would g- you give about that?
0: Well, you know, I'd always say, hey, it's always worth trying to make things right. Um yeah. you know, the the moment that you realize, hey, I had a responsibility and I just blew it. I, I was not the father that I, I needed my child to be. Uh, number one, don't then then do something. Uh do, do something about it. But also realize you can't go back in time. Uh they're not a child anymore. Uh, you're, they don't live at home anymore and you might, you you have to be careful with this one because at this point, it's really not about you as a dad. You might, now you realize, oh, I would have loved to have had had a son that loved to go to ball games with me. So I'm just going to invite my estranged son to go to a game with me. But it's, it's like, well, no, at this point, it's not about me, what I want. Uh, at this point, it's about what does my son need? Um, and so how do I, cause I see that a lot. It's like, well, I want to be reconciled and be best friends now. Well, it's like, well, no, no, you, you're a stranger to me. You, you hurt me. You know, you, I can't just decide one day, oh, now that you've come to your senses, we'll be best buds. Uh, so, but, but ask yourself, so, but what does my son or what does my daughter need now that I could give them? And it, what is it about? What is it? What are their needs? Not what are my needs? What would I like? You may have forfeited certain things that you're not going to get now, at least certainly not in the short term. Uh, and and so don't even go there. Just say, right at this point, it's just about how can I be a blessing to my children at this stage of our lives? And and then let God show you what that is. And, and be willing to be in the long haul. Like, you may have failed your child over the long haul. There's no quick fixes. For long-haul failures it's now it's like okay well it took me a while to get this estranged it's going to take me a while to build that bridge back again and so just resign yourself don't try to force things don't try to do things too quickly uh and and let let god show you what that's going to take and uh, be perse and, and persevere and and you know expect that there may be some pretty painful explosive moments you know you may just step on a landmine uh and don't be don't be caught by surprise you know it's uh because you weren't that child that went without all those years when you weren't being what you ought to be so don't you know you don't know how they're feeling you don't know what what pain you might bring to the surface uh be prepared be don't don't be caught by surprise if um, suddenly there's some anger and there's some resentment and they're trying to process you know all the feelings they have uh it could be messy but uh I'll tell you what I can't think of anything more important once you realize that you need to step up and at the, and and I and I could tell you some great stories of fathers who late in life kind of got it together and they couldn't relive the teenage years the preschool years you know they they live with a lot of regret over that but they could with the time remaining, they could get that right. And that's, that's where you have to focus.
1: Could you give one example? Is there, I mean, any, even without using names or anything? Is there anybody? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, like I even knew, uh, I knew someone that um, was physically abusive to his child for years and years Um, growing up. It was just ugly. It was awful, sinful. Um, And then, and then God did a great work in that child's life. Uh, ultimately to be to enable as a woman to be able uh to forgive her father for just the incredible hurt that he had inflicted on her and God just gave her so much grace that uh that she loved him anyway and he ultimately uh, came down with a terminal illness and was dying and she actually was the one who nursed him by his bedside and um, she told me of, a time near the end where he took her face in his hands and just, uh, expressed all kinds of love and, and, uh, and care for her. And now he saw it and now he, he was finally had found God himself and found forgiveness. And, and I'll never forget this woman said the, the same hands that used to inflict pain on me were now the hands that were caressing me and thanking me and loving me. And um, she said it was only God and His grace could have ever done that. And so they didn't have long together where it was like that. But yeah. so, I mean, it could even be your dying days. But but if that's all you've got left, do get those right. At least get those days exactly. right that, that you can. But you can't go back and you can't now have a, them with a great childhood all over again. You know uh, that 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 opportunity is past, and so focus on what you can make right.
1: That's good, and I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, just shifting over to another question: um, you you travel? You're an international ministry, and you've been you've probably been in multiple countries, different places. What have you seen with the trend of thoughtlessness in other places? I mean, we, we're in the United States right now, and you're from Canada. What compared to the United States, what's fatherlessness like in other places that you've seen?
0: Well, um, you know, I I mean, in one sense, I think there's just something universal about the role of a father that, you know, no matter what culture you're in, if the father figure is absent, um, there are just certain things that go missing. Um, You know, in some cultures, uh, families are quite uh, they're, they're more kind of close knit than they are necessarily in North America. So if you're that father patriarch figure kind of holds the family together in some ways. Uh and so if that person's not doing their job, it the whole, you know, the society around it just falls apart. But um and so I, you know, in, in some role some places, I mean in North America, sometimes uh youth are trying to get out of the house as quick as they can, but um in other cultures, I mean, you, you sort of, it's, it's a little different sometimes. Like if you're a farmer, um, a poor peasant farmer, you, you really need your kids to hang around and work with you. And and so whether you are a good dad or not, you, you got to mm-hmm. treat them well enough that they hang around and, and help out on the farm. Whereas in North America, a lot of times, boy, I tell you, as soon as kids can move out, go to college, get out of the house, yeah. they're gone, you know? And so, I mean, there are some different cultural things, like in our culture, in one sense, the world kind of tells us, well, you don't need your dad, you know, move out, get your own life and forget about him. And I mean, there are times where that's kind of what the world says, you know, just don't even worry about being made right. Just get out as soon as you can. But in other parts of the world, smaller, it might be in a village, might be in a farm. You can't, you can't really escape that That father figure he's there all the time you unless you you don't you never never cross your mind to go away so i think in north america a lot of times we just kind of hide the problems because we we just leave town and get our own place and we just we try to we try to move on and act as if it doesn't bother us um and it but we kind of we're just fooling ourselves
1: yeah now, do you have any resources that you've written, um, books you've written, resources that you guys have? I know you have, you have your dad's book, Experiencing God. Anything yeah. you recommend to somebody fatherless or single mom that can help them on their journey to grow deeper in that walk with God?
0: Well, uh, you know, I mean, we uh, I've written two books just on parenting, not necessarily on fatherlessness, but just as a parent. Uh, one is just experiencing God at home. Uh mm as you as you begin to walk with god how does god help guide you in raising your kids and so okay. you know maybe maybe you're maybe you're the mom left behind and and you're trying to figure out how do i raise these kids on my own or or maybe you're coming along later and saying god help me i I've, I've messed up for years but i, I want to step in now and, and do it right uh where's what's some tools for that and uh, and another uh book i wrote with my daughter it's just called rebellious parenting, and it's 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 kind of saying there's a lot of things that we kind of take for granted that it, it, when it comes to parenting, <clears throat> that are, aren't necessarily how you have to do it. Um, your parenting doesn't have to look like other people's parenting, and so you know there's some I think there's some helpful insights there on just uh, and both books at it, 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 various places just talk about how to bring uh, joy into your home. I've just. Uh, know there's just a lot of joyless homes for various reasons there's just no laughter that nobody wants to be at home because it's it's not a joyful place and uh, as a parent myself that was kind of the goal of for me and my wife was let's just make a home where there's a lot of laughter where where our kids like to be and where our kids friends want to be and so that takes a lot of work and it's it really requires two parents really to do it well but but even a single parent could do that, um, just with that yeah. mindset. Um, and so we've we've we have written a few things on on parenting, but but then just uh, you know sometimes I'll tell you what if you're on your own uh, parenting or you're trying to find your way back uh, to be reconciled, uh, there are just some you know we we my dad and I one of the most popular things we have written is just experiencing God day by day, just every day. Get before God in His Word and let Him guide you uh, day by day to get from where you are now to where He wants you to be. And sometimes that's a journey, you know. And just day by day, just take that next step that God has for you until He finally gets you right where He, he wants you to be. God, God never He loves you too much just to leave you where you are. So if you're if if you're fatherless or you're the father that abandoned your kids. uh Once you get serious with God, God will take you where he found you and he'll begin moving you day by day, step by step toward where he's always wanted you to be.
1: Yeah, that's good. And um, and definitely check those resources out. We have we have a network of single moms and Mm. I think that's a value to them because in our single mom support group in Las Vegas, we meet every Wednesday and they are they're always looking for resources to help them on their journey as a as a Christian single mom trying to help their kids and raise their kids with a, a joyful home and, and so those sound like some good resources to to help guide them along, you know, their path. Um, wow. Any other things that you've seen with your ministry relating to fatherlessness? I mean, you've been around for you know a long time doing this, and uh, anything anything you've seen even over the years where things have shifted in our country or um, in our world? Wh- any anything you think of?
0: Well, you know, I, I've just certainly seen a lot of statistics that indicate that uh, so many of the the ills of modern society you can trace it right back to fatherlessness. Uh, when, when uh, kids don't have a father figure in their life, way more likely that they will end up committing crimes, becoming addicted to drugs, uh, dropping out of school. All those, to, far more than what race they're part of, uh, their economic status. Uh, if, if you're, the, the, it seems like the the, the number one a uh, negative factor that can cause harm on people is fatherlessness and so if there was ever an issue that needs to be addressed that's why i really i uh, affirm you and what you're trying to do because that's that not only is that just something that god really cares about um you know in the old testament especially but in the new as well god is constantly saying you know condemning society for not caring for the fatherless um that is something that god uh, has a huge heart for, and, and as God's people, we should as well. And so one thing I've said to like single moms is, um, you know, be a part, find a church family that will be a family to your kids. And, um, you know, I said there, these, my, my boys grew up in school and their best friends were fatherless. And of course it was not for bad. I mean, it was their dad had died and Um, and so the mom never remarried. Uh, she was left to raise these boys and I think, you know, did a great job. Um, but, uh, but there were times where, uh, you know, I'd bring those boys along with my boys and we'd go do something. And I, I became something of a father figure in their life. And, uh, and they, the, the older one got involved in our church and, um, and so I would just say, uh, you know, if, if you're doing it alone, um, find a church family where the men will help you, and the men will include your boys, your girls in in things, or um, and uh, don't try to carry all the weight yourself. And if you know, I, that that's what a church ought to be. And I and I would just say to to Christian men, perhaps listening to this, uh, as you're going to go take your son to a ball game or something just ask yourself, is there another boy about that age that doesn't have a dad to take him to that kind of thing? Um, maybe I need to just, you know, bring him along. I, I'll never forget, uh, one time, uh, my, my, uh, my boys, when they were teenagers, one day they said to me, they said, dad, um, they said, do you know, have you noticed a boy, uh, named John? And, I said, um, no, I'm not sure who, what, what, and so he kind of, they described him to, to me. And I thought, okay, I think I've seen him in church, yeah. He kind of hanging out with all the other teenagers, you know. Is, uh, yeah, is that new guy that's been hanging out lately, is that it? Yeah, they said, um, we just thought you'd like to know a story. And they said, um, uh, he has a dad, but his dad's a virulent atheist. And every, uh, and so this boy had started coming to church, and his dad would mock him like why would you waste a perfectly good sunday going to church and when you could stay home watch tv do something else and so we were in canada and one day it was 40 below 0 and and john would walk to church about half a mile or so and so he's getting ready to walk through town 40 below 0 and he sees his dad reading a paper and so he he says, Dad, it's freezing outside. Is there any way you could just drive me over to you know, to, to the church this morning? And his, his dad, sitting there reading the paper, lowers the paper and says, Son, if you're going to be stupid enough to waste a perfectly good Sunday going to church, you just go ahead and freeze to death. And just carries on reading his paper. Well, uh, so he does. He, he heads out. And when he got to church that Sunday... He's literally got icicles coming down from his eyebrows and he's just, fro- he's just shivering through the whole, this looks like an abominable snowman. And when, when my boys told me that it totally changed, uh, my view of that other, I'd never even, I don't think it probably even spoken a word to that boy before, but, but once I heard that, uh, I just made a point that every time I saw that kid, I, I went out of my way to come over and just encourage him and affirm him for making the effort to come to church when his own father was mocking him for doing so. And I just thought if his father's going to bail out on his spiritual life and that part of his world, um, then then there needs to be some man that steps up and does what his father's not going to do and and encourage him. And so I I really made a point of doing that, and and he would come over to our house a lot, and I'd always try to just speak—I just assumed that his dad's not speaking words of life into him. So, uh, so I would try to do that, and I would tell him I saw great potential in his life, and God had made him for a reason, and so on. And interestingly, several years later, uh, after he'd been very faithful and coming and involved, uh, the, our youth pastor at that church uh, moved on to a different job, and that church hired John to be the new, the new youth pastor, new youth worker, and um, and so it wasn't that he was fatherless, you know, but but he he did have a, a dad that was not being the dad he ought to be, and yep. and I realized, well, someone needs to do that, and so you know, my my word to to men is, hey, that's wonderful if you've got a great relationship with your kids, and you know, you do all kinds of fun stuff, that's awesome you don't have to feel guilty about that, but, but just keep your, your eyes open that there might just be someone in your orbit that is missing out on that. And you don't have to necessarily adopt them, but, but let them come with you on a vacation. Let them come with you when you go to the amusement park, uh, when you go to a ball game, let them hang out at your house and, and, and engage them in some conversations. Um, we used to have some fatherless kids that hang, hung out at our house when I was growing up, and but I, I remember one time this kid didn't—he was estranged. He had a dad, but he's estranged from him. And uh, a bunch of my friends were all downstairs in the basement watching TV, and finally the movie's over, and I there was another kid, a friend of ours, a fatherless kid that I'd invited to come over, but we never saw him. And I'm like, oh, I guess something came up. Well, finally, we're, we're done the movie. I go upstairs, that boy is sitting at my kitchen table with my mother, and my mother has been just talking to him for the last hour, asking about what he's doing with his life, where he's going, and you know, so on, and just showing interest. And wow. and uh, this boy had been talking, and my mom just set everything aside and thought, hey, this kid needs somebody to be interested in his life, concerned about his well-being. And um, and so I, I kind of watched that even growing up. And so I, I just thought, well, I if I can do that along the way, uh, I'll just have to try to speak life into people like that. Uh, and, um, you know, if you're not God, you can't take God's place, but God can use you uh, to impart a blessing. And if, you might be the first adult in a while that has just spoken words of life and blessing into somebody. And I'll tell you what everybody needs to feel blessed, uh, need, especially a father's blessing. And if they're never going to get it from their earthly father, they need somebody. Uh, to and, and as I've gotten older, I've tended to do that more and more, even with grown men. Uh, it's just to speak a fatherly blessing into a grown man. And I'll tell you what it's like—it's like pouring water on a wilted flower. Like you—you you, you watch these men, and sometimes they're very successful in their business. And yet you start speaking words of life and it's just like they blossom. It's like they've just longed for a father type figure to know that, to just express the fact that they're a person of worth and that you're, that you're proud of them and uh, that you're impressed with what God's done in their life. And uh, so I'll tell you what, just keep that on your radar and you, you might be surprised at just how often God prompts you to do something like that.
1: That's true, and and as you talked about those boys, you know we, with our ministry, we say that you can be fatherless and still have a dad live, living in the house, physically present but he's mentally, emotionally, and spiritually absent. And that makes you feel thoughtless a lot of times. And you might not know how to process that. You're not sure how to handle it because he's there. He's physically present there. And so I I, I appreciate what you said because that's encouraging to people that had a dad, but he wasn't there for them emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. And that's that's just great advice. Sometimes it's
0: almost harder to, you know, if you lost him because of leukemia or something, You know why you don't have him but but when he was in the house and you saw him all the time but but he never blessed you never affirmed you you know never gave you any hope never noticed you then you then you that's almost worse because then you have to think well what what was it about me that my own dad saw nothing worth even mentioning or complimenting or affirming you know he, he if my dad died i didn't understand why he wasn't involved in my life but how do i understand someone who saw me all the time and had no interest in being involved. That's
1: great, yeah. We have to wrap up. I appreciate you being on, Richard. And and, and just tell us, uh, just real quick, where we can find you, um, websites, or wherever we can reach out.
0: Yeah, our, our ministry website is just uh, www.blackaby.org. And uh, I'm on social media, um, but you can get all kinds of resources. And uh, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and places. I try to put some just, uh, thoughts on, on leadership and on the Christian life out there every day. And so uh, be be glad if I could be an encouragement to you and your listeners, and I'm happy to do that. Well, thank you so much for being on.
1: To learn more about how you can get involved in fatherless family ministry, visit lifefactors.org where you can find some free resources. You can find our books that we have. You can find some, even the program that we have, to help you start a single mom ministry within your ministry or within your church. We can all work together to lead fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.